I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Knock, knock. Who's that at the door? It's the mailman. And what's he got? It's a package. And what's in the package? It's a letter. And what's on the letter? It's some words. And what are the words? It's unfeatured articles. Hello and welcome to Unfeatured Articles, the podcast where we dive into Wikipedia and find all things weird, wonderful, and sometimes, you know, just downright bizarre. And we shit on them. <laughs> okay. Occasionally <laughs> occasionally we do sometimes that. Sometimes we yes. revel in them. Sorry, I Thanks, felt aggressive Curtis. today. This <laughs> is scared. He's frightened. Uh, That's all right. That's um, right. I'm your host, Riley. Uh, I'm joined by my good friends and wonderful co-hosts, Curtis Lang. It's me. And James Kehoe. Hello. How are we doing, boys? Good. <laughs> there was a silence there. We're, like, a little bit, we're a little bit like we don't know what we're doing who's tonight. supposed to be on edge. Uh, it's, well, it's unlucky episode 13. It's unlucky. So we have spoopy to help. Or lucky episode 13. Yeah, this is lucky, the one. baby. We hit it big and we get all the, the money. Do we not even do our articles today? Do no, we just, it's just... I like... Chocolate and tacos. Are you saying this is like a burner one where we just do a shitty episode? Yeah. And then, because it, it's unlo- like you, how will they skip the 13th level of a building? Yeah, that's We a, yeah, just that's make a, an episode full of just words. Yeah. That way we can't have an unlucky episode. Exactly. I'm not, I'm okay, not. Okay, Zane, that was mean. Okay. <laughs> or not all our episodes are just full of words. Well, they are technically the English oh, yeah. language. Uh, that's the concept of the podcast, <sighs> is it not? This what is- are we doing today? <laughs> it's getting a bit existential up in here, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we here? James, okay. tell me. Oh, okay. Um, so this is a show uh, where <laughs> I'm so frazzled by, so the, frazzled. by the fact that- This, this is, is a show all- where no, every- I'm doing Okay, it. you're doing it. This is a show where each week, each of us comes with an obscure article from Wikipedia or like a bizarre one. Riley already said what we are, but we all come and then- <laughs> <laughs> And that's and then, the end. And that's it. But then we decided which one's the best. Should we just dive right in, Let's James? Take Let's us away. It. Yes, please. Um, I want to talk about... <laughs> well, in this great episode that we've done today, I want to talk about the Emu War. I love the oh, Emu War. Yes, it's time to talk go. about the Emu War. Yeah. Um, the Emu War, also known as the Great Emu War, uh, for people who just want it to be that little bit better. The greatest conflict our nation ever saw. Uh, was a nuisance wildlife management military operation undertaken in Australia over the latter part of 1932 to address public concern over the number of emus said to be running amok in the Campion District of Western Australia. The unsuccessful attempts to curb the population of emus, a large flightless bird indigenous to Australia, employed soldiers armed with Lewis guns leading the media to adopt the name Emu War when referring to the incident. (laughs) While a number of birds were killed, the emu population persisted and continued to cause crop destruction. We lost. 
We did lose. We, we yeah. lost the emu war. But the thing I love about the emu war article is that it lists like the combatants, the death toll, and the generals. Yes. So like, but it's just it's just like under emu general. It just says emus. 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 <laughs> it says emus. They're all the generals. Um. So, following World War II, a large number of ex-soldiers from Australia, among with a number of British veterans, took up farming within Western Australia, often in marginal areas. Um, and with the difficulties, uh, fa- the difficulties facing farmers were increased by the arrival of as many as twenty thousand emus. Oh. Yeah, this. When I think of the emu war, I, I did not expect it to be that many emus. Yeah. Which, like, to me now makes me understand why the emus won, because that is. A lot of emus. That's a lot of emus. It's, yeah, and they're big. Seeing and two they're really te- big. Seeing two emus once scared the hell out of me. Yeah. yeah. Um, the war. Here we go. The war in quotes uh, is a section quote of quote unquote war. Um, military involvement was due to begin in October 1932. And let me be clear: this is just a bunch of soldiers coming in and just shooting some birds. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> they didn't do it very they, well. They did not do very well. Uh, the war was conducted under the command of Major G.P.W. Meredith of the 7th Heavy Battery of the Royal Australian Artillery with Meredith, Meredith commanding soldiers Sergeant S. McMurray and Gunner J. O'Hallara, armed with two Lewis guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. Oh, so really, they didn't even have they enough did, ammunition to kill they all had the one, birds. They had one bullet for two emus. Yeah, they could kill half the birds if they were lucky. The operation was delayed, however, by a period of rainfall that caused the emus to scatter over a wider area. <laughs> Strategic rainfall from the emus, of course. Powers of nature. Um, the rain ceased at, on the 2nd of November 1932, at which point the troops were deployed with orders to assist the farmers and, according to a newspaper account, to collect 100 emu skins so that their feathers could be used to make hats for light, light horsemen. Good. Yes, so there's a purpose to this war. Yeah, absolutely. We need feathers for hats, for light horsemen. Um, so, attempt number one. Attempt one. Attempt one, 2nd of November. Uh, the men travelled to Campion. Em- uh, some 50 emus were sighted. As the birds were out of range of the guns, the local sedi- settlers attempted to herd the emus into an ambush, but the birds spilt an ambush. Into, into an ambush, but the birds spilt into small groups and ran so that they were difficult to target. <laughs> Oops. Flummoxed again. <laughs> Those damn tricky birds. Um, essentially, they can't even fly. <laughs> They're very fast, though. They are quite fast, yeah. They're uh, speedy. Essentially, it goes on uh, for a week, and on the 8th of November, representatives in the Australian House of Representatives uh, discuss the operation. Following the negative coverage of the events in the local media, so yeah, even the media is getting on this being like, some guys can't kill some birds. That indicated that only a few emus had died. Pierce withdrew the military personnel and the guns on the 8th of November. <laughs> a sad day. A sad day. After a solid six days of trying to kill some emus, they didn't kill some emus and got deployed out of there. And thus withdrew. came withdrew. the end of the emu war. Um, after the withdrawal, Major Meredith compared the emus to Zulus and commented on the what? striking... I don't know what a Zulu is. I'm the Zulu supposed- nation, as in it's a tribe of African people. Oh, no. Oh, Major Meredith, stop. <laughs> I didn't know he's a racist. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus oh, Christ. This, this took a turn. Yeah. Woof. I'm it's just... I'm not going to read more into Major Meredith. Fuck he's you, a, Major Meredith. a racist man. Anyway, they had a second uh, attempt. They went back again. Um... <laughs> And then they found some success. So they killed about 40 emus oh, uh, on the 13th of November. And then 
they were far less successful three days later, but by the 2nd of December, they were on the up and up. The guns were accounting for approximately 100 emu kills per week. So if, if they got there eventually. Mm. Uh, they eventually claimed uh, at least 2,500 wounded birds uh, had died as well as oh. a result of the injuries. So they, they really sort of got in there eventually after many, 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 many Such a silly bad response. attempts at killing mm. some very big birds. Yeah. But not Big Bird Idiotic. from Sesame Street. Hopefully. Hopefully not. Is he an emu? No. No, I think he's I, like... He's meant to be like... He's meant to be like Tweety Bird. Like that kind of bird, just, just massive. Just like Bolt. six yeah. and a half feet tall. Got to the gym. Yeah. A little bit more than Tweety Bird. But Do you yeah. know the emu war? It was in... I think it was like... Uh, 2009. Yeah, 2009. Um, yeah. Kevin Rudd. Uh... <laughs> launched like the media st- he was like so we're gonna cull the camels in the outback because they're just getting a bit out of hand and the, sure. and the media was like the camel war <laughs> um but like and yeah I, don't, I personally i don't get i don't back a culling like i don't mm. think it really solves anything yeah but um <laughs> yeah there was this american financial reporter oh really in america yeah on uh Financial news channel CNBC launched a verbal attack targeting Mr. Rudd following the federal government's decision to spend um, $19 million cutting feral camels in the outback. He said, there is a serial killer in Australia and we are going to put a picture up so we can see who it is, a stern-faced burnout said during a segment on CNBC. A large photo of Mr. Rudd was then shown. That would be the Prime Minister of Australia, Kevin Rudd. Okay, well, do you know what he's doing? He's launched airstrikes airstrikes against camels in the outback. <laughs> Burnett said, with a stuffed toy camel sitting in front of her, broke away from her usual analysis of stock movement on Wall Street to <laughs> about the camel call. The most qualified person for the job. Yeah. Hard-hitting news. Oh, American America. media is so funny. Anyway, sorry, that's just a little tidbit I thought I'd analyze. That's very there. good. Um, are we yeah. done with the Emmy War? Uh, we are done with the Emmy War. I guess we I mean, are in now. A, in a... History and in our hearts. <laughs> um, who's next? Who's next up? I believe it's Curtis. Curtis. Is Blame. it me? Do you want it to be me? Uh, yes, because I've lost my article. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'll save his ass again. Yeah, good. The cursed episode. <laughs> oh, no. The cursed All right. Back. Boys, today I want to talk to you about something called rap rage. Mm-hmm. Uh, rap, spelt W-A-R-P, rage. Mm. Uh, you may you may, re- may remember those lyrics from a little uh, ditty that you once performed, Curtis. I I once did a rap about <laughs> raps. It was okay. It was well received. Okay, <laughs> I'm not going to stand here and be and have to defend my comedy. No, okay? I liked it. I thought it was good. <laughs> so tell me about tell me about rage. the rap rage. Um, so rap rage, also called package rage, is the common name for heightened levels of anger and frustration resulting from the inability to open packaging, particularly <laughs> some heat sealed. Uh, plastic blister packs and clamshells. So there is actually a term for getting pissed off that you can't open your scissors because you need more scissors. Fantastic. There's a term for that. It's legit. I love that. Um, So people could potentially be injured from attempts at opening difficult packaging. Have you mm. have you done that? Yeah, like, like you've the, tried to... the plastic sealed ones? Yeah, yeah, I think those are the clamshell ones that it's yeah. talking about. But yeah, they like... They can cut. They're, yeah, they're, they're spiky. They're I have a scar story. So I was trying to open 
uh, a brand new bottle of apple juice. Oh no! And I got a paper cut on my finger from the. You know how they have like the tab that you have to like the plastic tab, yeah, yeah. and then you have to like pull it and you can't get it right. And it's like it's like on new milk or like new. Yeah. And I pulled it too hard and I got a paper cut. That never used to be on milk. The fact that those are on milk is a new thing and really kind of yeah. bugged The first time I saw Marley, it, I was like, Riley McNamara milk chat. They're stopping us from getting to our milk and it's a conspiracy. Bastards. Oh, they don't it want is. us to get that milk. They don't want us to have good bones because they have a secret reason. They don't want us to have good bones. They don't want us to have good calcium so that they can make us uh, slaves. So rap rage... <laughs> um, so a bit of background on rap rage. Uh, James Keogh <laughs> taking the new meaning of yes and. <laughs> <laughs> They're killing camels. Um, no so good. <laughs> f- first sentence of background is uh, packaging sometimes must be made difficult to open. There we Absolutely. go. There we go. That's all we need to know. Curtis, what's your thing? You mean serious? No, no, no. no. no so, like, um, for example, regula- so quickly. Re- regulations like over f- for over-the-counter drugs, like medications and yeah, stuff yeah, like that, yeah. um, you've got to have tamper resistance um, in packaging on those like in case, you know, someone... Kids get into them. Yeah, stuff, that's yeah. it, child-resistant packaging, like those lids that no one can ever open. Mm. Um, other packaging is, like, intentionally made um, a pain in the ass so that you can't just go and, like, steal, steal stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, fair. So um, there's, yeah, as I mentioned, there's been a lot, there's been injuries from this. So in Jeez. 2006, Consumer Reports magazine recognized the rap rage phenomenon when it created the Oyster Awards for the products with the hardest to open packaging. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> that's I can't so even good. look at that. That's so upsetting. There's no hyperlink for there's the Oyster Awards? A, oh, Ash, I would have done that. Hang on, you keep was. talking. I'll, I'll look for it. There we go. Um, a story in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette about rap rage uh, was featured on the Colbert Report when host Stephen Colbert tried to use a knife to remove to remove a new calculator from its plastic packaging to <laughs> no avail. Huh. Um, I wonder if he lost a finger, like um, Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. Didn't he lose? No, a Jimmy Fallon. He, Jimmy Fallon. He, uh, oh, they're all the same. What happened? He kind of he can't, he like almost ripped his finger off. Like, no on, way. From his wedding band. From his wedding. Oh whoa! There's this thing that can happen sometimes with your wedding band. It gets caught on something because it, it because it like sits there sure. pretty permanently. Yeah. Um, it can kind of just like Slight. fuse to the skin a little <sighs> bit, and if you get it caught and then rip, damn, almost you can almost it's, rip your finger it's off. It's called degloving, and it happens a lot in yeah. motorcycle accidents. Oh right. Um, hey, sorry like, guys. Can I just say really quickly? Uh, the consumerist oyster awards. Yeah. Uh, last year. No, not last year. Two thousand and seven. I think that might have been the, the latest one. Did that Can last you read? time as well, where it was like the Oral B Sonic Complete Toothbrush won. What did it win? The Oyster Award. The, the hardest, the hardest to, to open, oh, hardest okay. package to open. Fantastic. There you go. There you go. The more you know. Um, so a survey in yours magazine, um, in yours a magazine aimed at people over fifty, found that ninety nine percent of the two thousand respondents said packaging had become harder to open over the last ten years. Ninety seven percent. No, oh, Jesus. 97% said that there was too much excess packaging and 60% said that they had brought a product designed with more easily open packaging. There you go. Broken more, Joe. I can steal all I want because the packaging didn't mean shit nowadays. Didn't exist. Classic. Classic. Angry old people. Classic angry old people. In a survey conducted at the Cox School of Business, almost 80... The what School of Business? Say it. Say it. Cox. Cool. Thank you. It's funny because it's a word for penis. <laughs> C-O-X. Like no, 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 no. On no. a boat. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Go on. 
almost 80% of households expressed anger, frustration, or outright rage with plastic packaging. Consumers also tend to use words such as hate and difficult when describing these products. <laughs> like, I was there for hate, but difficult? Difficult. This is difficult. <laughs> Consumers sometimes use potentially unsafe tools such as razor blades, box cutters, snips, and ice, ice picks. Oh, okay. Have been used extreme. to try Jesus. and open up your goddamn whatever it is, yeah. like batteries. Yeah. Um, uh, in the yours survey, 71% of respondents said that they had been injured while trying to open food packaging. The most common injury wow. respondents had from trying to open packaging was a cut finger followed by a cut hand, sprained wrist, bruised hand, and strained shoulder muscle. I hope that's all the same injury. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gotten... They just, just kept like progressively going. worse. Yeah, they were just yeah. like, no, I'm, I'm having this open. <laughs> yeah, that was one guy listing from one... Like, he's dislocated his shoulder by yeah. the end of it. It was amputated. <laughs> oh, it was a mess. Um... Yeah. Uh, so, according to a British survey, over sixty thousand people receive hospital treatment each year due to injuries from opening way. food packaging. Jeez. Um, the consumer, the Consumer Products Safety Commission estimated that attempts to open packaging caused about sixty five hundred emergency room visits in the US. Far out. In two thousand and four, emergency room visits, Emer- like proper emergency room visits That's in two thousand and four. That's big. Um, a study in two thousand and nine conducted by the Institute for Good Medicine found that seventeen percent of adults over the age of twenty one were either injured at least once or know of someone who was injured while opening a holiday or birthday gift. Oh, no. My God. (laughs) Rap rage. The more you know, rap rage. Um, Solutions. Here we go. The lovely people at Wikipedia have Have given us the answers. We're here. We're not just talking problems. We're not just talking about what's wrong with the world. We're not going to get bogged down in the negative. We're going to get up and we're going to do something about it. We're going to fix people's lives. So um, the first solution is packaging design. Mm. When packages and retailers are willing... Uh, there are many possible solutions to allow easy access to packaged contents. Just don't easy be access, a dingus about it. Easy access can, however, also allow for more pilferage and shoplifting. Oh. So there is that to consider. It's, mm. it's, a, it's a bit of a, you know, uh, chuck it on the scales. It's Which way does go. it go? Yeah. Yeah. Um, some companies are making their packs easier for consumers to open uh, to help reduce the frustration. Other companies must keep tamper-resistant packages. Again, those um, like farmers. The regulations and, and, yeah, and such. Like, yeah. yes. and probably like knives and, and stuff like that, I imagine. yeah. yeah. Like, I imagine you wouldn't keep those just lying about. Um, Forces driving the effects to improve packaging include pressure from consumers and retailers and from senior citizens who find it increasingly difficult to open packaging as they age. I don't know if it's just seniors. I've had plenty of issues trying to get shit open. It's not necessarily an old people problem. it's not an old people problem. Yeah. Not in any way. So hear that big packaging if you're listening <laughs> we read a wikipedia article so we know big plastic we're coming it. for you we're coming for you <laughs> um, big plastic <laughs> big plastic um it's also got here household scissors or a utility knife are sometimes used to open difficult packaging tin snips are highly effective for tough plastics oh. um the higher mechanical advantage of compound metal snips make it possible to cut such packages uh open even using little hand strength so there you go a little bit of science oh, thrown nice. in there lovely Fantastic. Rap rage. I've definitely experienced it. Mm. Oh, yeah. You too? Oh, definitely. Oh, I'm constantly. yet to encounter someone who hasn't. Yeah. yeah. Fuck rapping. Yeah, dude. What do you got? Have you my found turn? your thing? <laughs> I have found my thing now. Okay, yeah. let's go. I'm going to tell you boys about a man named Wenceslao Miguel. Ooh. Sorry. Wenceslao Miguel. All right. Uh, yeah. So, All right, thanks. That's, and, so uh, like that's awesome the show, bat. everybody. Really interesting dude. Uh, he was a Mexican 
man who was captured on March 18th, 1915. Captured. Suspected of taking part in the Mexican Revolution. Um, he was sentenced to death without trial and was shot and was shot eight to nine times by a firing squad in the body and received the coup de grace of one final shot to the head point blank range to ensure death. Christ Stories differ as to how he survived, oh, but he yeah. survived. Hell yeah. Um, some sources state that uh, the next day, Miguel was found unconscious among the dead bodies of his comrades. He was given medical attention and recovered. Others state that he crawled away uh, to the church of St. James Apostle, uh, three blocks away, where a church member found him and took him home until he recuperated. He was given the nickname El Fusilado, meaning the executed one. Uh, he appeared on the Ripley's Believe It or Not radio show on July 19th, 1937, and the British... Uh, Music group Chumbawamba. Oh God! Have a song about him called El Fusilado. That's awesome. I love, and that's how I knew about it. Uh, oh, I cool. love that song. It's such a good song. And when I found out about it, I um, uh, went and researched this too. But yeah, he was shot eight to nine times in the body, mm. and then a final, and then got popped, and then got in popped the head. in the head, and he survived. He died in 1975. Wow! So he lived when a was while. He, after when was he executed? 1915. Yeah, Christ alive. he lived a full life. He, su- he survived. Was, it, was it a rubber band gun or something? <laughs> <laughs> it was full on. Those things sting. Yeah, like, just a paintball gun. <laughs> yeah, he lived eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. Good on Christ. him. Christ. Yeah, he didn't mess around. No, I love yeah. how um, one theory is that he went to the church and just recuperated from a gunshot wound in yeah, the back just of like his healed. fucking head. Yeah, just oh, I just got to sleep it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently, he, like missed all the major organ, all the major. <laughs> Parts of the brain and all the major organs. So yeah. he's less of a miracle man. It's just the executioner did a bad <laughs> they job, did real bad. Yeah. They had to execute no, the executioner like, because in, he just in, did. In fairness to them, like they probably thought, oh, you know, nine shots to the body. This one probably doesn't matter too much. Mm, yeah, let's just like blow his ear off or something. Yeah, but uh, and then he got a Chumbawamba song written. Yeah, down, which that's is, the dream. That's the dream. That's isn't the it? dream. That's his, that's his real. We'll put the Chumbawamba Not surviving song in. an execution. It's but, like a really uh, good. It's like um. It's it's it's, wanna, it's acapella. Do you want to give us a few bars? Um, I probably could actually, up but I'm not you. going up, to. Up to you. Okay. <laughs> okay. I respect um, that. Yeah. Can't no, wait. it's a great song. Though we'll put it in the show notes. Can't nice. wait. Go have a listen. Uh, I got a Chumbawamba song written about me when I had uh, I had rap rage. Actually, I got a, a brand new bath. I was trying to open it, and I just started hitting it with a stick. And yeah. then they wrote this song, "Tub Thumping." That, that's about. <sighs> Tub, tub thumping, that's about me because I was thumping. Mm. Okay. <laughs> my new tub. Oh, my God. Big concern. It happens to the best. <laughs> so what Interesting else? you went for a tub, not like a shower? About, well, yeah. I mean. Was it a shower tub? It was a shower tub. Uh, okay. It was all in one. Yeah, nice. Um, nice. But the packaging. I love a bath. Sick. You like a bath? No. Really relaxing for me. Oh, for real? Yeah. I like baths. Um, I used to, but then like. I realized I was sitting in my own filth. You know how dirty are you? Oh boy! Oh, dude, to, like you do it properly. You have a shower first, and then like jump oh no, no, oh, you no, do no, both. no, that's such no, a waste no, no. of water. Are you wasting water, fuck. No, like, if you're getting in there for relaxation, you don't want to be sitting in your own filth, like James Keogh says. So you, you have a shower. Clean filth. But how the, dirty are you too? But the point of the tub, I don't know. Uh, hypothetically, is to clean yourself. Yeah. But you've already done that with a shower, and then you're going to take a no, not necessarily. To be fair, to I clean do use yourself. the tub, the a bath more as a relaxation. Get yeah, some, yeah, that's, what I'm, get that's some, what I'm talking about. Get some about. oils, get some Epsom salt. No, I do the same. I just don't do it on the reg to kind of 
grease off my, you know, I have my mud hour, my hour where I just roll You're around in mud, mud yeah. uh, every day and then have my shower <laughs> to get rid it's of the amazing mud. Anyway, so Wenceslao Miguel, uh, he's yeah. a good boy. <laughs> no, that's literally all I've got. It's a very short article, but I just oh, wanted really? to talk about how freaking amazing that is. It's they make like a, you'd think they'd have like more like f- documentaries or stuff about him, like Discovery. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, actually, he's, yeah, he's, there's not a lot of lot of the the song is the main kind of. I wonder how they learned about, about him. Yeah, well, Ripley's believe it or not had like oh, a yeah. big old thing about him. Which like I'm surprised that I because I only I know Ripley's from the books obviously. Yeah, yeah. but like that's been around for, for ages. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh, Ripley's believe it or not um, started as like out like a circus show. Oh really? Like yeah. yeah. Um, I think. Like 1927 or something you said? Like that's... 1915 he was shot. No, and then no, like in 1937, yeah, he appeared on the, uh, Had the on radio. The radio. That's cool. Yeah. And that they've adapted. Um, I like these ones where we start with the topic and then we're just talking about some Ripley's Believe It or Not and yeah. some bath times. Yeah, and some bath times. <laughs> our our bathing good, habits. Just yeah. having a good conversation. Uh, just chatting with me, mates. Right. Wenceslao Miguel El Fusilado. Hats off to that man. Hats off. Yeah. Hats and off to that man. Part of a head off, I yeah, guess, suppose. Oh, a- Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I think I think it was his jaw. His jaw. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Still part of the head. Um, Tilt. Uh, so, shall we Ooh. choose a winner for this week, boys? Let's. I guess we better. Yeah. Um, who went first? I James went did, first. and go- I was doing the Emu War. The Emu War, that's right. And then we had yeah, Riley with we had, rap, rage. Uh, rap Rage. Rap Rage, and I had Mr. El Fusilado. Um, All right, Riles. <laughs> you start us off. I, Only because you gave me shit about it last week. <laughs> I am going to vote for El Fusilado because, I don't know, a man who can be shot 10 yeah. times once in the head and, you know, still live another 50, 60 years. Absolutely. Like, mm. I don't know. He's got my vote. Indeed. Mr. Curtis. Curtis, now you, no, you go. No, you go. No, you go. I insist that you Girls, go. I insist you're that you go. You're both pretty. Oh, please, Someone you go, go first. Because right. I've always gone first. My article wins then. <laughs> By default. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is some serious deliberation. I did the Emu War. You did the Emu War. I will vote for the Emu War. Mm. How about you? I. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. So we had Rap Rage, we had the Emu War, and we had El, El Fusilado. Yep, we just did them. <laughs> so it, I'm thinking about this very seriously. No, you know, you're just going to vote for yourself. I'm going to vote for myself. I'm yeah, for okay. the Emu War, ladies right. and gentlemen. So ladies and gentlemen, from now on, we're not allowed to vote for ourselves. <laughs> and this is the, this this is the end. Lie. This is the cut. Episode 13, unlucky episode 13, we're not allowed to vote for ourselves. I Done. think we've said that in a previous one. I too. never vote for myself. This is the you first time. You always vote for no, yourself. No, you can go back. You can go back. I always vote for I'm someone gonna else. I'm going to go back forensically, if my dude. If it's not like a, a, like a flat run, I always vote for someone else. <laughs> Alrighty. So I've been the good one of the group, and now it's I time. I haven't done it for like five episodes. I get my just desserts, which is my win with the Fine. Emu War. Emu War. Emu War wins. Alrighty. I mean, the humans deserve a win in regards to the Emu War, so it's time we finally we? got one. Do we? Thank you so much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we've uh, we, we always love doing this for you, despite that it might not sound it that way sometimes. <laughs> despite but, how bitter um, we get. If you like what we do, uh, you can find all of our previous episodes and all future ones on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, or any other podcatcher of your choice. Um, we've got some social media, Raleigh. 
Uh, yeah, so we're on Twitter. We are uh, Unfeatured Pod. On Facebook, we are Unfeatured Articles, www.facebook.com forward slash Unfeatured Articles. That's us. That's, That's us. And on Instagram, yeah, just at Unfeatured Articles there. Um, our theme song is... Pukatorian Friends. Pukatorian... By, is it Pukatorian Friends or Pukatori and Friends? And Friends. And Friends. Right. By Kevin McLeod. Kevin McLeod, good boy. Good dude. Yes. And I guess that wraps us up. Do you reckon um, he could survive nine shots? Kevin McLeod? Yeah. Yes. I reckon so. Certainly. Yeah. Good boy. Defend with his music, a music shield. Yeah. That uh, diffuses all. Sorry, Riley, I had to interrupt you for one last meme. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. Uh, Um, Thank you to That's Not Canon Production. Oh, yeah, those guys. Because they uh, have us on their network. Um, And uh, that'll about do it. Till next time, browse responsibly. Politics. Why can't everyone just get along? Yeah, like in musicals. Musicals fix everything. If people listened and learned from musicals, everything would be better. Music, lights and spontaneous choreography. What isn't there to love? If you want to learn all of life's important lessons... Or just listen to some musical theatre nerds wax lyrical... Subscribe to Musicals Tell Me Everything I Know, wherever you find fun and funny podcasts. Or at our website at thatsnotcanonproductions.com. A That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.